This episode is brought to you by Pretty Little Light Candle Co. Pretty Little Light, one thing that we get questions about with this candle company is the fragrances because they use clean burning fragrances. And this is actually a question that we had, Cecily and I, for Lauren before we started using their candles and promoting them to you guys. They use, quote, clean burning fragrances that are phthalate free and don't have endocrine disruptors. And we always thought essential oils were the way to go with candles, but she actually had a built-in fact about this on her website explaining that essential oils are somewhat hazardous if burned or inhaled as gas. They're meant to be used um, on the skin or um, consumed, but they have a low flash point, making it um, somewhat unsafe to breathe. And after using candles that are both um, essential oil-based for fragrances and Lauren's candles that have clean burning fragrances, Cecily and I both can tell a difference. So um, if this is a question you've had, go to her website. We'll actually link the um, FAQ page in the show notes so you guys can find that. And maybe it'll answer your questions if you've had that about essential oils versus clean burning fragrances. You can also just go to her website or click the link in the show notes and use the code BOOMCLAP to save 20% on your candle order. Okay, guys, welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. This is our second to last episode of the year, and we have a really good one coming for you next week. Um, We're really excited to release it. It's a heavy topic next week, but excited to release it just because I think it's such needed perspective. So we'll we'll leave that as a cliffhanger for you for next week. But this week, it's Cecily and I together recording. We haven't just been on our own for a little bit. Excited for that. And this is kind of going to be our wrap up of the year. Maybe, actually, I didn't mention this beforehand, Cecily, but maybe we can talk about some of our favorite episodes of the year towards the end as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we we have a little hodgepodge of topics, conversational episode coming for you. We're going to talk about, at the end, we're going to talk about finances a little bit because we got a question from a listener who contributes to our podcast and asking us where we spend you know, the contributions that you give to us, either um, one-time donations or monthly donations you give to our podcast, um, how we spend that. So we're going to go through that because really, if you're contributing to our podcast, you deserve to know. Um, We're going to talk about what is really important given that we are going to be forgotten just a few generations down the line. You know, one day we're going to be gone from this earth and we will not be remembered. That's just that's just the truth of it. Um, we're going to talk about voluntary adversity. There was a Joe Rogan clip sent to me talking about um, voluntary adversity. So we're going to get into that and what we see coming in the future this next year. What we see is the biggest issues we are facing this coming year. Yep. Ready for all that, Cecily? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're ready. Oh my goodness, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I think I am. Okay, so let's start off. There was a real, and I don't know if this was sent to me or if I just stumbled mm-hmm. on it um, on my amazing Explore page. Cecily, <laughs> I've been discussing Explore pages on Instagram lately because hers is beautiful, curated, and she shared. If you follow her on social media, you've seen it a few times she shared, and it's like beautiful horses and Western <laughs> like images Mm -hmm. and mine is this hodgepodge of just 
horrifying baby stuff and trash. Yeah. Like, how did you get an explore page like this? Because I don't look at any of these things mm-hmm. that are on my explore page. So she's informed me on how to do that. We can talk about that later if you want mm-hmm. to as well. But anyway, I think I stumbled upon this one. So I'm going to play it and then we can um, just discuss. This is really interesting. So I just wanted to share. Have you ever thought about this? In a hundred years, so like 21, 23, we will all be buried with our families and friends. Strangers will live in our homes that we worked so hard to build and someone else will own everything we have today. Most of our possessions will be given away or thrown out and destroyed, including the car that we spent a fortune on and will probably be scrapped. Our descendants will hardly know who we are, nor will they remember us. I mean, how many of us know who our grandfather's father was? After we die, we will be remembered for a few more years, and then we're just a portrait on someone's wall. And a few decades later, our history, photos, and deeds disappear into history's oblivion. We won't even be memories. If we pause one day to analyze these questions, perhaps we would understand how pointless it is for us to worry about 95% of the things that consume our minds daily. If we could only think about this, surely our approaches, our thoughts would change and we would do things differently. Perhaps we would feel more free to enjoy ourselves and our lives that we're living. Take these thoughts into the rest of your day, this week, this year, and remember the saying, if it's not gonna matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes being upset by it. That's so good. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I do think about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think about this more often than I don't know, maybe even I should, but no, I think it's good to think about that a lot. I mean, when think of the things that like weigh people down a lot, like the un unmade decisions or financial burdens, so much of these things actually don't matter. And it is staggering to think about how quickly people are forgotten from generation to generation. And why would we be any different, you know? And it's funny because we often talk about having and living with an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. um, which I think this reel speaks to a bit if you slap like your Christian perspective on it. But I think also living with a finite perspective is actually important as well, right? Like re- not giving... Um, these unimportant things that we can occupy ourselves with on earth more attention than they deserve. So it's like this interesting balance of having a finite and eternal perspective and putting our energy into things that matter as far as eternity goes Mm -hmm. and ignoring those things that are finite regardless, you know, material possessions and stuff like that for sure fall into that category. Yeah. Yeah. I just think lately it's been on my mind a lot, probably the last year or two. Maybe it's because the thought of homeschooling has been on my mind so much because that's, you know, the journey we're on now. Mm -hmm. But just what do I want to teach my kids? What is most important? Why am I teaching those things? Mm -hmm. And I just look at the world and often we get lost. We do. We just get lost in what's important. And even as Christians, we can say, my kids' faith and belief in Jesus Christ is the most important thing. We can say that. Mm -hmm. But then do we live that out? Mm -hmm. And I think that this 
video and the audio that goes with it is really powerful to uh, kind of grab at that, you know, because <laughs> that's what matters. But yeah. then we spend time thinking, I, I don't know, time worrying about if our kid's going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a farmer or a scientist or an engineer or what are they, yeah. you know, but it doesn't matter what they do as long as they do it for God, you know? Yeah. I will say that's one thing I don't really think about. Like, I think it's cool to think about like, oh, like, what do my kids do when they get older? Like, it's interesting. I don't either, but yeah. I see the world do, you know, Truly. I see. Yeah. Like, I think it's fun to think picture them doing different jobs right. you know it's fun to imagine them as grown-ups like doing these different jobs but I could care less what they do actually as mm -hmm. long as it's not like criminal activity <laughs> right <laughs> just to clarify I do care to some degree um but I really I really don't care what they end up doing because I think the main thing is like will they work hard and will they um work with integrity and character mm -hmm. and be a light to those around them. That's what I care about. But even though that is truly the desire of my heart, I think sometimes the decisions I make or the things I place importance right. on in a moment of poor decisions doesn't reflect that, you know? Yep. 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 The car um, thing actually was really true because people do spend a fortune on cars. Mm -hmm. And it's like a $100,000 car and a $50,000 car and a $30,000 car and a $10,000 car and a $4,000 car. They're probably all going to get you from point A to point B. And they're probably all going to have issues at some point. And I just think besides people's mortgages, that's something that they really sink their money into. And I get it. But at the same yes. time, it's like, oof, what, what else could you do? And, and again, not judging. If you have the resources and can buy a really nice car, that's totally fine. But people that can't afford it a lot of the time are doing that very thing. And that's, that's hard to watch. Yeah. I actually have what I would consider a nice car now. Like mm -hmm. it's an Explorer. It's nice. I love those. It's yeah. newish. And, but I kind of hate it. Do you? <laughs> that well, that's good really to know. Bad. Like, I don't, not, not because it's not a nice vehicle, but because mm -hmm. I just don't like having, I don't know. I just, yes, we can do that now mm -hmm. at this point in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we've been frugal and we've, you know, and it's nice not to have something you have to work on all the time, but mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about, I, maybe it's just how I was raised and mm -hmm. things, but mm -hmm. I just feel, and my husband and I both like cars are not, I think, total between my husband's had two trucks since he's turned since he turned 16 that's okay, awesome we're 40 yeah he's only had two vehicles yeah. you know and I've had three I think been through mm -hmm. three now I think yeah um since I turned 16 so it's not like we sink money in here but mm -hmm. it's just I'm kind of embarrassed to have nice things sometimes oh. because I feel like this not this I don't know I just feel like I don't deserve Oh. anything really great. And Aww. I don't know why I'm going, but I don't want it to be all like, I just yeah. know that there's other people that could use. Right. I don't know. I'm just going to stop. Well, I'm I, stop. I do but, think that's a hard thing to balance in your mind too. Right. But like, yeah. I don't know. I know that in the next few years, we're going to need a new vehicle. And I don't mean new, like yeah. as in like brand new, <laughs> but we're going to need a new vehicle because there's no way 
our vehicles are going to continue to last. They're old and cheap. And so I do know we're going to need a new one in the next few years. And Ford Explorer was on my list of things to look into. So, but it sounds like it's not the car that you don't like. It's more. No. Yeah. It's just, I don't really need it. I don't need anything nice. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I don't need it. And I guess I will finish this thought. So we have my old car. We kept it Mm -hmm. because you'd only get like a thousand dollars out of it after, you know, I mean, it's old. Be great for the kids. Maybe. (laughs) Get a lot, a lot of miles on it. Like almost 300,000. Um, but we, when my Explorer was in the shop for something, I had drove, like we, we drive it still. Like we, Levi gets, gets them to him from the farm sometimes. Like we drive it still. And so I had it and the girls were with me and my oldest was like, oh my gosh, like I'm embarrassed driving this thing. And I was like, why? Right. I was like, this is character building. This uh-huh. is character building. I said, you should not be embarrassed. No one should be embarrassed no matter what their financial status yes. of the vehicle they drive. It says nothing yes. about you mm-hmm. at all as mm-hmm. a person. Whether it's it says an about one you. or a cheap one, it says nothing about you because people don't know why Absolutely. you make the decisions you do. So. Or the finances behind it. I told exactly. her, I said, somebody driving a car like this mm-hmm. might have a lot more money in the bank mm-hmm. and be able to help a lot more people than a person driving a really fancy car. Yep. And This reminds me of a conversation. I actually told my daughter about a conversation I had on the way out of work with somebody years ago. And it stuck with me. This gal was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so has a lot of money. They drive a Mercedes or a BMW or something. I said, how do you know they have a lot of money? How do you know they didn't just take a huge loan out to buy that car? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. And on the flip side, there could be someone driving a $100,000 vehicle that is incredibly generous. And there's Absolutely. no problem with yeah. that. Like I really, nope. I was worried after the silo and sage episode too, because I kind of talked about vehicles in that one too. And I'm like, I don't want to sound judgy <laughs> if people have nice and new cars. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. It's not for me right now, but it's fine. Like it's good. And I don't judge that at all. Like, right. Yeah. Because like I said, someone could be driving a $100,000 vehicle and be the most generous person in the world as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just don't really care about cars that much. We've talked about this personally before. Like you said, I really like a new car and I'm like, I don't really care about cars. Like, yeah, it's very low on my list of things. Although I like, I like cars. I love trucks, um, but I like old ones. I like trucks. Yeah. I love trucks. (laughs) Love them. (laughs) Anyway, um, but this reminds me of that Chevy commercial that's really going around right now. And okay, yeah, yeah. And for I had sent it to you more like to talk about like advertising and what's like effective advertising and what we're seeing most of and this and that. And then you had mentioned like the types of cars that were in there. I'm such a weirdo. No, you're not. I, like my mind doesn't go the normal place. <laughs> no, you're not a weirdo. Like, but actually, everybody's like, this is a beautiful commercial. And it is. And, and it I was. just my point in it was like, I wish that when people advertise, they would just do the things that everyone like the point of advertising is to make as many sales as possible, right? So like appeal to as many people as possible. So mm-hmm. my point with that was whatever side you're on left, right, in between, everyone's going to like that ad, you know? But what I wanted to talk about when I brought this up in the podcast just now was the vehicles in it. So there's this like this old Chevy that this girl is taking her grandma for a ride in or her great grandma or whatever it is. 
And then they they also make sure that they show like new Chevys as they're driving by, right? And I'm like, oh, give me the old one a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. I love old vehicles. Yeah. The, the commercial, if you guys haven't seen it, it's it's very long. It was obviously Five made minutes, not yeah. for TV because no. it's very long. Yeah. But it it's a grandmother and they're, the family's all getting together for Christmas. There's a grandmother sitting there with a blank stare on her face, obviously has Alzheimer's or mm-hmm. dementia of some form. And the grandfather is talking to the daughter saying, you know, oh, most days are bad days. She doesn't remember, yada, yada. And then the granddaughter gets up and is like, let's make this a good day, grandma. Yeah. I'm getting chills talking about it. It is a she good commercial. Responses. But yeah, yeah, she ends up going out to the garage, ripping a cloth off of this mm-hmm. old vehicle mm-hmm. and getting her grandma and it, driving her by all the places she used to go, the movie theater where she had her first date, the... um school where she graduated from and you can see her start getting glimpses of memory back you know as it goes on and mm-hmm. it is very moving but I told Cecily there was two things the two things that stuck out to me were they're showing this old Chevy that's sitting in the garage it's bringing back memories and none of the new cars that they're selling due to all the um, the eco standards that we have now and the computer programming that goes into it will be capable of sitting in someone's garage years from now and being utilized to bring back memories really? because all of them will be in the landfill because mm-hmm. they just don't last like they used to. Nothing lasts like the old Chevy does, right? Yeah. So they're marketing you a new car that isn't capable of doing what this yeah. old car is doing in the commercial, right? Yeah. And the second thing that was interesting to me is how advertising is made now, not necessarily for TV or for mm-hmm. the time slot that they're paying for. Right. It's made to appeal to people in a social media like platform that will share this and make their commercial go viral, which they did. did. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm curious. Which they did. I'm sure that that commercial cost a fortune. Like it was well produced and it was longer than a typical commercial. Um, but they certainly, I would say, got their money's worth as far as eyeballs on the ad. It's well produced, but there wasn't like, it didn't yeah, it seem like there was a lot that had to go into it. Yeah. Really? It Actually, was good. like yeah. when I think of like the videos that like our church produces and stuff, I'm like they could have done that. They could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure uh, Chevy spent a lot of money to get that done. Yeah. So, yep. Anyway. That wasn't at okay, all so, on our list of things to talk about today. <laughs> we, I don't know how we got on cars. Well, that, that, that video brought up cars, right? And I so then the we spent a long time talking about cars. No, cars came up before yeah. the video somehow. And then then we talked about the video. Anyway, yeah. this is what happens so, when anyway. and I. Yeah. Yeah. But main thing is what's really important is our legacy, right? Not necessarily our personal legacy of people remembering us, but how we, you know, the wisdom we impart on the generations coming after us, because despite our names not being remembered or anything about us, you know, I go antiquing with my daughters and there are portraits hanging on the wall with beautiful frames. And I'm sure people buy the frames and take the portraits out. Like your picture won't even be hanging on anyone's wall anymore someday. Um, But we can impart wisdom on our children who will do the same for their children and their children, and their children. And that's what will last. Yeah. And, and that's actually biblical. <laughs> it is. And I think the danger in a conversation like this, especially if they only listen to the first few minutes of us talking about it, 
is that someone might be like, oh, they're totally arguing for like nihilism or relativism. And that's not it. We're not saying things don't matter. We're saying only the important things matter. And the rest of it is so periphery. And it's the periphery things that we can really get bogged down with if we're not careful. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. All right. So let's move on to this Joe Rogan clip. Okay. It's also interesting. Okay. The question is, what are three things that you think an individual should do every day to ultimately become a good contributing member of society? I think, first of all, you need to take control of your own health. And by doing that, I think you need to take control of your diet. You need to take control of your exercise routine and, um, and not just your health physically, but your health mentally. What do you consume in terms of like, what are you getting from social media to what books are you reading? What are you consuming? Health, that's number one. I think everyone needs discipline. You need, you need voluntary adversity, things that you force yourself to do to make yourself stronger. Whether it is cold plunging, sauna, yoga, exercise routines, difficult things to do. And three, you need a passion. You need a thing that you do that you love. When you find a thing that you do that you love and you get better at it, I think those things become a vehicle for developing your human potential. And I think it makes you a better person overall. Those three things, I think if everyone could just apply those three things, you'll be a better person, you'll be a better human being, you'll be a better American. You'll be a better American if that is not the most American thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cecily, do those three things. I'll be a better American for sure. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, the thing that I latched on in this that I thought was interesting and the reason I sent it to Cecily was the voluntary adversity. And my comment was that I think discipline is very important, Mm -hmm. but most people, I don't think, and I'm talking about most people, the average person doesn't need to seek out voluntary adversity because there is naturally occurring in like just regular adversity in our everyday lives that we ignore. And I think even people who seek out voluntary adversity sometimes ignore the naturally occurring adversity to feel like they're doing something by cold plunging or whatever. Yeah, I agree with you that people that, and not all people, but people that do seek out the voluntary adversity often ignore the real adversity. I think that's true. Um, And I think when we're looking at this in particular, it really, and we had kind of talked about this, it, like, I actually don't really have a problem with voluntary adversity, Mm -hmm. um, so long as you're not ignoring the real adversity. And it really depends also on what is your definition of voluntary adversity. Is it just things like cold plunges? Is it working out every morning? Is it getting up early to do devotions? Like some people would consider that voluntary adversity. And the reason that I am not opposed to voluntary adversity is because I think for so many people in Canada and the U.S., life is just too easy. Easy. Bunch of weaklings, right? Not everyone Mm -hmm. again, but so many people are so much weaker than they were 50, Mm -hmm. 60 years ago, even 20 years ago, honestly. And so I'm like thinking about how the future could proceed. 
and um, what kind of adversity people could face. And I'm like, if they haven't been prepared in any sense, if they don't realize that they have to get out of bed before 10 in the morning and they don't realize they have to get a job and if they don't realize that um, they need to be able to walk further than a kilometer, like maybe, or a mile, whatever, um, (laughs) (laughs) then they're going to be so ill-prepared. But the thing is, the people that are choosing voluntary adversity are not necessarily the ones that are going to be scared of the real adversity when it comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do. Um, And when we were talking about this beforehand last week a little bit, I just like maybe my idea of voluntary adversity is different because I think you'd mentioned like cutting sugar out or something like that or working on your diet. And I'm like, see, I look like I look that look at that as naturally occurring adversity. Like you have to eat healthy to maintain your health, but you're still making a choice, right? Because some people will be like, I don't care about maintaining my health because my comfort is more important. You know what I'm saying? Right. Too much. So then, if we look at it, no to sugar. So I'm just going to continue yes. eating it. So if we look at it that way, yeah. every adversity is voluntary because you can yeah. just lay in bed and let everything happen to you. Well, I guess I guess that's kind of where I fall. I do think every adversity is voluntary. Um, and that doesn't mean, I don't know. I just, like, I I don't, anytime there's a choice involved with adversity, even if it's like, someone's coming to kill my family, but I'm just going to let it happen, you know, because... I, I, that's voluntary too. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why it think, is, but just keeping it defined as Joe Rogan defined, like cold, cold plunging sauna yoga. Yeah. Yeah. That's very different than do I eat today? And yeah. what do I eat? Because mm-hmm. I have to eat and I'm making yes. a choice or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just think like the cold plunging thing just always strikes a chord with me. Yeah. I don't care whether people do it or they yeah. don't. Um, mm-hmm. the, health benefits, you can debate those. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think that, well, if you want to get into this, I think that there's a lot of um, getting very technical on health things when really most people just need to eat real food and get outside and they'd be healthier. But we get so technical and hone in on it so much Mm -hmm. that we're overlooking the other bigger issues, kind of like we just talked about the other video. Absolutely. But um, I look at my 92... Oh my gosh, flashback, 96, 96 year old grandmother who is today still living on her own, mm-hmm. taking care of her chickens. And so great. Very, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I look at that and if I, like, I cannot imagine her ever mm-hmm. cold plunging or something like right. that. Like she, why would you do she that? She had yeah. so, you know, like there's so much other stuff that, consumed mm-hmm. her day to day, like taking care yeah. of a garden, going out and taking yep. care of the animals, right. you know, all of this other work that yes. is true adversity, but it's character mm-hmm. building and it's building her family and things yeah. like that, that she didn't, it would never have crossed her mind to seek something like that out to have adversity or to just stay yeah. healthy. Like that yeah, wouldn't cross her mind. No, this brings up another interesting point because I think for me and my family too, part of the reason that we live the way we do is because I want work for my kids to do. And I don't mean like work that they get paid for. Yes, I hope they get a job someday. They will. But I want work for them to do at home. Like your grandma, 96 years old. So that means she was born in 1927. Guys, I did do that on my calculator. I didn't get it just immediately. 
So she has been, when the second world war started, she was 12 years old. Like she remembers this. She went through the depression. They had to grow their food. I'm sure in order to be able to eat, like she experienced true adversity. And I think that that's character building. And, um, this is what I mean by a lot of people today are just weak and they could do with some adversity, you know, and I pray it's not the kind of adversity where it's like the death of a family member or something like that, or a child, but that true adversity where you have to actually work hard and make tough decisions, I think is really valuable. And so I agree with you on the whole, like cold plunge for health reasons, totally debatable. And for someone like your grandma, seems probably super pointless, but I, I saw something. I've seen this a lot of times actually. Um, and this might seem a little bit like an offshoot, but it's not too far off. Um, of like someone teaching you what to have, what to do if you fall through ice, right? If you fall through pond ice or whatever, which I think this is actually a good voluntary adversity is to practice for stuff like that. Like, so that if this happens to you, you know exactly what to do. Like it's kind of an extreme thing to like force yourself to practice, but it could be life-saving, you know? So I don't know. I think there's voluntary adversity for stuff like that, that actually is valuable because, you know, a kid could be out like playing hockey on the ice in the winter and fall through and have no idea what to do because they've never faced anything like that before. But that's like training, but it's not training that people necessarily would choose to do, right? So valuable for you, valuable for potentially people like me, not necessarily valuable for kids living in Florida. True. But. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thinking that one's locational. But. True. That is yeah, true. But you know, that does make me think because, okay, so I've promoted that CPR course quite yes, frequently on my Instagram and things. Yeah. And so I think about that, like some there are a few people that will choose to learn CPR, Mm -hmm. but very few, like, honestly, there's a few people, very few that choose to learn that, but that's a very real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that people come into contact with people choking like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's like the number two cause of death and kids, maybe number two, number four, I can't remember, but it's up there. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't know. People just, (laughs) a lot of times, like we focus on things just, just like we've been talking about this whole time, focusing on things that are unimportant instead of being prepared for things that really. And I think that, but also just this belief, like I should do that, but I'll just put it off for now. Cause you don't want to come out and say that'll never happen to me, but by the way you live, you're kind of living with that belief, like it won't happen, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, I don't know how to exactly describe it. And it's even, it's, yeah. I mean, even not even talking about things will happen or not happen. Like just stuff that I should do that I put off Yeah. because there's something else more pressing, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I do it all the time. Me too. I'm thinking of something so trivial right now. I cleaned out, um, we've got a real book problem here. Like I've already gotten rid of all the ones that I don't like or want. Books are never a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm having to find <laughs> new space because like the yeah. books keep increasing, right? And I so know. I cleaned yeah. out 
um, one particular, oh, our kitchen table. We used to have like poetry books and um, different devotional books and um, like just all sorts of different books on the kitchen table that sometimes we would like read a couple poems, which sounds really weird after dinner, but they're like funny ones. Like it was fun, right? Everyone would like read a funny poem. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you guys are lame, but that's just something we would do. <laughs> and, but we hadn't done it in a while. So I'm like, I'm going to move all these poetry books and stuff upstairs to a new spot. Cause I want like a clean table. And so I did that. No, I cleaned them off the table. And then now the books have been sitting on my stairs for like a week. And last night, Kyle and I were coming downstairs and I said to him tomorrow, tomorrow, my goal <laughs> is to get those books off the stairs and put away. And he's like, okay. <laughs> it's like such a dumb goal, but it's like, why are they still there? There's no reason. There are so many things like that in my life uh-huh. that it's like tomorrow, tomorrow, will and be then the day. It's tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. It's like a little echo that keeps happening. Yeah. Well, then I wake up so. in the morning. I'm like, I didn't sleep last night. So I get up late and then we have tech problems on the computer and we start an hour late on the podcast. And then I'm like, Oh, it's not going to rain too hard today. Maybe we should go get a Christmas tree. And then before I know it, the books are still on the stairs. So we'll see. We'll see. Now that yeah. I've said this, maybe that'll be my motivator to get them off the stairs. Maybe I'll yeah. make the kids do it. Find a place for them. Then it'll happen. Yeah. All right. So around the corner is the new year. And so do you want to make some not necessarily, I guess, kind of predict predictions oh, of what yeah. you think will be the most pressing issues going forward um, into the new year, mm. or I guess what you think the the new year will bring. So you should start because I'm still not sure if you mean philosophically or practically. <laughs> Either. It can go anywhere, really. I don't know. It can go anywhere. I'm going to say very practically and then maybe philosophically. I don't know. I'm going to say practically first. So I think the most pressing issues coming up are, again, the things that most people don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But AI, I think, Mm -hmm. is coming on really strong. AI, biotechnology, and mRNA, our food supply, climate change agenda, and digital currency. Like I think those are all major issues that Mm -hmm. the majority of people don't really want to talk about because they're hard and they're overarching yeah. And there's a lot of uncertainty of what that will look like, but I think we should be talking about it. I think the biggest question that we should all be wrestling with is what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. I think that's the concept that will be challenged the hardest is just like our humanity mm-hmm. and our perception of what is real, yeah. real food, what's a real person, <laughs> what's real interaction, yeah. all of those things. Which when you think about like, this is a concern, it's like, oh my gosh. But it's true. Yeah. I think that I think that those are the things that are going to be most pressing. And we probably should be diving those diving into those most on the podcast in the next year. Um, you guys can let us know what you think about that. I know the AI conversation, it seems to do well on the podcast, but whenever I talk about it on Instagram, people just shut down. Like people shut down. They don't want to talk about it because I think it's uncertain, but it also sounds far-fetched. But I just want to remind people at one point in time, talking to somebody in Canada over the internet sounded far-fetched, you know, an American like, you know, Uh but it's not, it's here. And AI is already here, but it's going to be coming stronger and stronger. 
And I think we in America, we have an election year coming up, which very much affects the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot of people in 2020 were like, thank goodness, 2020 is over. We're moving into a new year. It's all going to be yeah. fresh. Mm-hmm. And the chaos has just continued. <laughs> and I see a lot of chaos going forward. But at the same time, um, election years sometimes can be a little less chaotic leading up to the election simply because, like we talked about on the Rachel Reeves podcast, there's a revolution going on, whether we know it or not. And right now the revolution party is in power. And sometimes when the revolution party is in power and they want to maintain power, things kind of calm down a little bit because they want things to feel stable so they can be reelected. So this is just my Mm -hmm. thoughts on that. Yeah. All of that. Anything to add? I mean, you covered so much and I agree with so much of it. So I think the, what it means to be human, the climate stuff, and just what is reality in general. And I mean, this Mm -hmm. is stuff we're already dealing with, but I can't imagine it not accelerating, like you said, in yeah. 2024. I f- like I feel like yeah. in so many ways, 2024 is, we talked about this as far as like other stuff, that 2024 is like a, a defining year. But as far as globally as well mm-hmm. and culturally, it's going to be a very defining year. And um, as far as AI goes, so yesterday we were having a lunch with a bunch of people and someone who has their kids in a private school here, we're talking about how um, phones are no longer allowed in the classroom, which I think is great, right? I think it probably should have happened a long time ago. And me in my naiveness was like, oh, that's good because they're trying to you know, cut down on like possible potential mm-hmm. bullying or image sharing or um, social media problems, but no, it's because teachers being out it's it's cutting because kids are using AI and chat yeah. GPT to like oh. do their homework and they have no way like say they hand in a paper so I guess this person also said that like say the kids hand in a paper a paper is worth less in the grading rubric now because of the fact that teachers have no way of knowing if the kid wrote it themselves or if it's from chat GPT because they can't oh just my check, gosh. right they can't just check if it's plagiarized there's no way to know. So they've had to make stuff like that worth less because of the fact that... I thought you were going to say recording people and recording teachers and stuff. No. Like, and see, this is what I mean. You're naive about it too, I guess, because I was sitting there thinking stuff like that and stuff like social media, which are real issues too. But yeah, it's like an AI issue. And then what Mm. else did she say? Oh, well, I don't know about that. But then we were sitting there and uh, we started like getting chat GPT to like write worship songs and stuff. And it's like, they're, they're good. Like the lyrics are solid um, or write something based on just this. Or someone told a story of um, they got the phone chat GPT to write a song. Oh no, to write a sermon based on first Corinthians 13. <laughs> and it was reviewed by the pastor because the pastor was doing it with this guy and was like, Oh, this is a solid sermon, which is crazy. So did we talk about this on the podcast or did I just message it to you? I think I just messaged it to you, but I was saying that, you know, how we are spied on our phones, like Mm -hmm. our phones listen to us. Yes. And 
So I'm typing ID. Sometimes it is not. (laughs) Well, it's creepy all the time, regardless of if it's advantageous or not. (laughs) But um, like our phones are listening because ads pop up Mm -hmm. after you talk about something. Mm you can type something into your notes and then all of a sudden, you know, this is marketed to you. So I think, I wonder if this is happening and if it's not happening yet, I predict that it absolutely will, that people will speak of an idea that they have or somebody will type a lyric to a song or start, you know, working on a song or a piece of art or something that's on their phone and it's stolen and created by AI and put out by somebody else who can monetize your idea before you can bring it to fruition. Yeah, no, that's an interesting perspective. And something else that was brought up yesterday was like, even just the, like anyone could say, like back to the worship song thing, anyone could say they wrote this song Mm -hmm. when they did not and license it. Right. And then someone was at the table. They're like, well, what if I use chat GPT to write a worship song and someone else does the exact same thing? Is chat GPT going to give each of us a totally different song? And what if at like the same time we both go to like record this song and it's like, whose song is it? Is it anyone's song? You know? And yeah, I don't know. All these questions are makes me so sad. Well, and that's what I said at the table. That's the emotion I feel when talking yes. about this, sad. That's, that's what I said to them yesterday as we sat at the table. I'm like, this, this is saddening. And it leads to people not having to think at all. Like when you think about kids, I think writing papers and being forced to write something about what you learned or even to write fiction is such an amazing skill. And it's such a good brain workout. Like I think there's not much more valuable things you can teach your kid than how to write well. And... Now they don't have to if they don't want to. And this is how humanity becomes dumber. We don't have well, to Well, and it's how we, you know, when Elon talks about AI will eventually yep. outsmart us and take yesterday. us over. That's yeah. how it happens. Like, really? we're it's, already dumber than well, we were 20 yes. years ago. Well, AI is getting smarter. Humanity is getting dumber. And then, of course, the conversation of like, well, what makes humans unique is like essentially the spirit within us, right? Like the image of God Mm -hmm. Um, and um, the ability to reason and morality. But the fact is, even all of that is getting jacked up right now. You know, I I mean, as far as morality goes and reason, like reason is really out the window in a lot of ways. And people have very varying ideas of morality because they don't have that anchor which guys, we will be talking about that a little bit on the episode that's coming out January 7. Um, mm-hmm. So just a little teaser for that. It's just really important to have an anchor for your morality. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, another thing that I see going forward is very important talking about anchor and foundation within the Christian and freedom communities. And I'm not merging those together. I'm just saying there are a lot of Christians in the freedom community and there are a lot of non-Christians in that freedom community. And I know that I'm kind of broad brushing a community, but um, something I see happening online that's been happening for a while, but it's going to be increasingly important going forward is how do we interact with that community, maintaining a solid foundation? You know, because I see that within this freedom community during the COVID years, 
a lot of us all agreed on masks, vaccines, being a choice, all of those things in this community kind of all melded together. Mm -hmm. And now I see a lot of Christians falling into camps that are very Mm -hmm. un-Christian, people who are wise on freedom, but pushing in kind of a discreet way, the narrative that we're all little mini gods Mm -hmm. and pushing people. And I shouldn't even say pushing because they're just preaching something and people are falling into it. That's their own choice. Yeah. 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 They're saying like things like the collective or the divine feminine. Mm. And now like all these Christians are like picking up on these little catchphrases and, and like, I don't know, entangling their lives with them. And it, it's kind of, it's it's shaky. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know of Christians that like used to be, you know, fairly orthodox that now think tarot cards is a great addition to their morning devotions. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's deception. And if you, yeah. if you don't have a solid grounding, you, you are very vulnerable to deception. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got a message the other day from a lady. She was like, I have a feeling that this lady is pushing something that's evil. Mm-hmm. And she sent me a video and I was like, well, obviously she right. is. Yeah. And I was like, I also follow this person. But I said, there are people that I have maintained following on social media because I know there are people who are in the Christian camp following these people for the sake of learning from them. Yeah, And I will, having a platform, I feel the need to continue to see what other people are seeing mm-hmm. and learning from. Um, but anyway, this woman in particular, like she's gotten into divine feminine, she's gotten a divorce and she is now doing like pole dancing and stuff. (laughs) I'm just like, (gasps) yeah, uh, like, and people are like sucked into it and think it's great because she's finding herself and all of these things. And I'm like, but this is dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, this is dangerous. Don't. You need, this is why it's important back to the point of foundation. This is why it's important to have a solid foundation. And that way, when things happen from somebody that you agree with, when, when people put out things, someone you agree with puts something out, mm-hmm. you can evaluate it based on your values, not based on the person that's putting it out and whether or not you tend to agree with them. Yeah. And the phrase that's coming to my mind right now is, discipling, right? People are being discipled Mm -hmm. in one direction or another. And I think there is such a thing as being passively discipled or being actively discipled, right? Like, and choosing whether you're going to be passively discipled or actively discipled. If you're passively being discipled, you are observing people like that on Instagram and thinking, I've agreed with them for two years straight and now they're doing this and I really trust them. And I'm just going to allow this to be washed over me. Um, but then if you choose to be actively discipled, that means you're doing your own homework while also allowing yourself to be discipled by people in your life, people that you trust, people that are like shepherds for you, right? Um, I think allowing yourself to be passively discipled by the culture or anyone that it's like, oh, we agreed about that. So we got to agree about everything is very dangerous thing to do. Yes. Yep. Let's just leave it at that. That's very Mm -hmm. good, Cecily. Very good. All right. So anything else you want to add there as a prediction for? No. The upcoming year? No. 
Okay. Uh, it's just interesting. We can come back and look at that. Actually, uh, I'm not going to add a, and see. Yeah. I'm not going to add a prediction, <laughs> but I will say as always every day, 2024 is going to be a time where you have to make hard choices, you know, mm-hmm. make hard choices and maybe allow your idea of what you thought your life was going to look like or your kid's life was going to look like, allow that to be changed. Allow yourself to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and make hard choices, I guess. So it's not a prediction. It's more just like a call. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we're going to finish up on finances. I mean, this is pretty open (laughs) uh, to put out there to you guys, but we have the question, somebody who's been listening to the podcast for a very long time and contributes to our podcast monthly um, wanted to know, um, I guess it was a conversation between her and her husband. And he was like, I'm supporting this podcast. Or she said she's supporting the podcast, but her husband's like, so what does that money go to? Mm -hmm. And so I just messaged her back and was very open about our podcast. Um, and the monthly support that she was giving. Some people give one time monthly, whatever. Um, but regardless, we appreciate it, guys. Mm-hmm. We really, like more than you know, <laughs> yes. appreciate it. Yeah. And if you're not giving, if you're giving a review, we appreciate that. If you have criticism of our podcast, if you message us, like we would appreciate if you just message us and let us know <laughs> constructively what we can do better. We would appreciate that as well. Instead of a so, scathing review. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, how we use the finances. So pi- podcasting, if you guys don't know, it's not free to podcast. Like it no. costs money. Some of it's free. Um, the hosting that we have is free, but like recording it. Um, we have an editor now that we actually pay to edit our podcast. Andy, thank you. You do a wonderful job. Our listeners Truly. appreciate it. Our yes. Listeners and if any it, other so. podcasters are out there listening and you need an editor, Andy's your guy, so reach out to us. He's made such a difference for us. Yeah, he has. It used to take Cecily a couple hours a week to edit the podcast. And so that's freed up some time for us to actually pour into the podcast a little bit more. But podcasting has become like an actual job for us. And talking about finance is not a job that pays really, but a job. And it's a job we love and we want to continue doing. Um, But the first year and a half, so we're coming up in March, it will be three years doing a podcast. And for the first year and a half, we were actually paying a few thousand dollars a year to put this content out to you guys. Um, That was just coming out of our pocket and we were paying to be able to talk to you guys weekly. Um, But where the money's used, websites, um, cost money. We actually moved to a free platform for our website just this month because that was going up in cost to a couple hundred dollars a year more. Um, not sure we might have to move back to paid on that because it's not allowing us to share that platform, that website with people. Um, the podcast platform itself, recording, um, hard drives to store the podcast information on, Canva to create graphics, email hosting. Those are all paid. Um, and like Sensitive. I said, editing. Yeah. yeah. Email. Yeah. And email, then it takes, email is very expensive. Um it takes time to podcast. So I would say just recording and preparing for the episodes and then um, typing in show notes and getting it out to you three to four hours minimum. Yeah, I'd um, say closer to six, probably. For each of us. Yeah. If you include graphics, that's another couple hours. So mm-hmm. 
that's the time that we put into the podcast weekly to get it out to you guys. And that doesn't include social media as far as like anything we're doing on our personal social right. media platforms, sharing the podcast, interacting with you guys. That's extra on top of that. Well, and then so. also finding guests and scheduling guests. Uh, that yeah. can be time consuming and communicating with them. And then yeah. also just the fact that this lives in our brain all the time. So even though it sounds like part-time hours, it's almost in a way like a full-time. Do you know what I mean by that? Like it's not. I do know what you mean because we're shooting ideas back and forth constantly daily. It's very enmeshed in our lives. It's not, uh, it's not like, oh, we go to work and then we come home. It's like, no, this lives with us. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think even just the shooting ideas back and forth as far as topics and guests and that actually might be more time than a lot of the other parts. Yeah. 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 And one thing before this message was sent to us, probably a few days before that, Cecily and I both are, we have a joint email together that you guys email, but, um, we subscribe jointly to a certain, um, Substack. Substack is really popular right now and everybody's got their subscription and everything. Well, we subscribe to a free one, um, but they were putting out an email asking for you to up level to a paid subscription. And this is a Substack that isn't a research based Substack. Like there's no research that goes into it. It's just like a nice, fluffy, sometimes, sometimes very deep mm -hmm. thoughts from a person's brain. Yeah. And she was open about how many subscribers she had. The percent was like 7% or so are paid. And then um, had a call to action to please level up to um, a paid subscription because it's a lot of quote unquote work. And so I did the math really quickly. Just I was like, oh, I wonder how much she's making on a Substack. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. It's $100,000 a year <laughs> that she's making right now yeah, and wants to make more and which is fine, totally. like absolutely fine. Go for it. But I was like, are we doing it wrong, Cecily? <laughs> like we're basically breaking even, you know, yeah. um, to put our content out. And um, here's the thing, like Cecily and I discuss, like everything is behind a paywall right now. And Cecily and I both have our own websites, which also offer a lot of free content and blogs and things. Um, and I have never felt right. I don't think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. at all. But for me personally, I haven't felt right about making someone pay to hear my thoughts or hear the, you know, see the research I've done or whatever. But because not everybody can pay. Right. And I want this stuff that we talk about to be accessible and the guests we get to be accessible to everyone. But so I don't want to force a contribution. But those contributions that do hopefully eventually lend to us being able to exchange a little bit of an income for our time, we do appreciate. So anyway, this is just, this is a question you guys ask, so yeah. we're answering it. And if, and if there are some people like physically asking us, that means there's more people wondering. So yeah. with that being yeah. said though, we should direct people that if they want to contribute, where they can yeah. go. And you better speak to that because ever since we changed the website, I'm actually not quite sure what it is. Yeah. So it's the boom clap podcast dot square dot site. So I can put so, that in the show link show notes, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know that that website's a little bit like harder 
to say and type in. So we will link it in the show notes. But this is just one example, guys, of us just trying to save money, um, which is why our website is not like ideal. But that's like not the end of the world. So we'll put that in the show notes. So if you do feel like you can contribute or that you want to, um, that would be amazing. Like we said, we do appreciate it. And Rita has done that website herself and um, given the options to like do a one-time donation or you can select it multiple times, right? Or you can to do like, it's $5 increments. You can select it once or you can go like up as high as you want by selecting multiple quantities. And there's also a monthly option, right? Yeah, yeah for $7 a month. Yes. Too, so. so those are the options. I wasn't have. planning on sharing that website here. Now it feels like a plug, but like, no, I, I would like mainly it. just wanted to discuss yeah. the fact that People want to know where the money goes. Truly. So and that's where. Then I decided to do it because I'm like, oh, if we're talking about it, we actually haven't plugged that in a long time. So I figured yeah, may as well true. if we're talking about it. All right, guys. So second to last episode of the year. We're gonna have two weeks off around Christmas time. Christmas and New Year. Yeah. So we'll have two weeks off. So we have one more episode after this with a couple really great ladies yeah. that you're gonna hear from. Mm-hmm. And then um two weeks off for the new year. And then we have good content already being recorded and scheduled for the new year. We are so excited. Yeah. So 2024 is going to be a good one, you guys, in so many ways, even if the world feels pivotal, at least pivotal, Pivotal, at least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like it's going to be a year that I don't know, can go one way or the other. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Yep. All right. We will leave it at that. Thanks for listening, you guys. Don't forget to leave a review if you haven't done so yet. We truly appreciate that. And you can find us outside of the podcast. We are on Instagram at boomclappodcast, or you can find us individually. I'm on Instagram at cecily.dickey or my website, thegracetogrow.com. And I'm at readerogersco.com or readerogersco on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.